Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is the 29th of June, 2022. And yes, it is show number two of the day. We talked to Matt Wyrick this morning before the fi- uh, finale of the Pirates and Nationals series. Uh, and now we have it settled. The Nationals do not get a sweep over the Pirates. We'll break down their 8-7 to seven loss and then look ahead. If you're listening to this on the audio version, you also hear my conversation with Matt earlier about Freddie Freeman. I wanted to add that in there so you guys can hear that. So video version a little shorter. Audio version is going to be a bit longer. Um, yeah, hope you guys enjoy the show. On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is 29th of June, 2022. Glad you all are joining us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow us, uh, follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you get your podcast and here on YouTube as well. All right, so the Nationals fall 8-7 today to the Pittsburgh Pirates. It was a really fun game. Nationals three-game winning streak, which uh, I believe for them was yet tied for their longest on the year. They beat the Reds three consecutive times, and they beat the Rockies twice after beating the Dodgers once. So this was tied for their longest winning streak of the season. Could not make it to four games. The Nationals are now sitting at 29-49. and So they're back to 20 games under 500 as we approach the end of June here. They have a 372 winning percentage. They're 19 games back of the Mets who lost today. They are, uh, let's see, doing the math in my head, they are. The uh, Braves, they are 11 and a half back of the Phillies. They are six and a half back of the Marlins. They're 14 and 27 at home, 15 and 22 on the road. They have a minus 109 run differential. They've lost one. They're six and four in their last 10 games. Um, so once again, you know, the, the story coming into this game was how hot the Nationals starting pitching had been really that was the big story. Matt Weirich was telling us today how good they had been since, uh, you know, the 8th and 18th. Uh, they had one of the best ERAs in all of the league, especially in the National League. Well, Paulo Espino today, he got roughed up a little bit. Four and a third innings, five hits, four runs that were earned for Ks on 66 pitches. And for him, they got to him pretty early. It was a two-run home run from Brian Reynolds that got the party started. The Nationals, though, which, you know, this is why this game was so fun, is that it was back and forth the entire way. So the the um, lead number one was the Pirates taking the lead there early on in this game. Uh, it switched back because it got tied after K. Bear Ruiz singled and scored uh, Nelson Cruz. Excuse me. One Soto doubles to deep right to drive in a Hiri Adrianza to make it three to three. Then we have two, three to two, excuse me. Uh, you have Daniel Vogelbach home run that makes it three all. Then they get a run in the fourth, the Pirates, to make it four to three. So there's the lead change number three. In the fifth, the Nationals play three runs. So there's lead change number four. 
In the sixth, the Pirates get one back. In the seventh, they get two more, which was lead change number five. A Yadiel Hernandez solo shot in the seventh made it eight to seven, but the Nationals were never able to close that distance once again in the end of the game. But I mean, it was a really encouraging offensive day for the Nats. One, two, three, four, five, six Nationals get double-digit hits. Double-digit hits. Uh, get you know have multi-hit games. Uh, so Cesar Hernandez, two for five on the day. Josh Bell, three for three with two walks on the day. Nelson Cruz was two for three with an RBI and two walks. Luis Garcia was just one for five, but still he's been hitting so well. K-Bear Ruiz, Yadiel Hernandez, and Harry Adrianza all get two hits. K-Bear gets a couple RBIs, and Yadiel Hernandez gets a couple RBIs as well. Uh, so the offense, that's what you wanted to see from the offense. They did their job, especially today. With runners in scoring position, they were fantastic on the day for them. Seven for 14. Adrianza was one. Cruz was one for two. Soto was one for one. Hernandez one for two. Ruiz was two for two. And we'll get to him in one second. Uh, so national getting contributions all across the board. They just The pitching was not there. And it was a variety of guys, man. I mean, Carl Edwards Jr., he got touched up in this game. Three runs, three earned runs for him on three hits. On 29 pitches, Kyle Finnegan gives up a run as well. So the Nats give up eight runs in total. It's four from Espino and four from the bullpen. Now, to be fair, the bullpen was asked to go for quite a while in this game, so you're not totally faulting them. But I have to say this, you know, it's it's back-to-back series wins for the Washington Nationals, and it's not like we've been able to say that um, you know this season. This was this was this was big for them, but they were looking for that that first sweep. That they had, I, th- I mean, I think the last time they had a sweep was what? It was uh, June, uh, I think, of last season is what they were saying. But back-to-back series wins, something that we had not seen. Trying to find it. I don't think we've actually seen that. No, we have not seen that this season where the Nationals have grabbed a couple series victories uh, in a row. They almost did it against Colorado but not able to do it. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that they're able to get a couple series victories is an encouraging sign. I think they're playing some of their better baseball, and especially that's been teed off or, you know, kind of set up. Um, you know, it's been set up by their pitching. Although I will say this today, like the bats put them in perfect position today to make something happen because they were scoring and they were scoring often. Like they, they, the, the distribution on offense, you know, they, they were there striking back when they had to. So the offense that's been maligned at times uh, today was really good and, and pretty strong, I thought. A couple more opportunities, sure, but I mean, hit 500 in a score position. Um, you know, you're you're pretty happy with that. All right, quick word from the sponsors. Touch on some K Bear Ruiz things. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. You guys know that as the sun comes out, metaphorically speaking, after COVID, literally too here in the summer, uh, small businesses are back, and LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs. We're in the world's largest professional network, over 810 million people. Then add your job on the purple hashtag hiring frame on LinkedIn to thread the words. Easy. They're on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every single week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB. 
post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, so the one guy I want to touch on here is K. Bear Ruiz because I have to, I have to, you know, me a culpa on this. Um, out of the two guys in that trade, I have focused much more often. I have to say, I have focused on uh, Josiah Gray. Mostly, I would say because the Nationals desperately need pitching more than anything else, right? With Steven Strasburg owed so much money and not being able to pitch, and Patrick Corbin, although he had a great outing last night. Not being, you know, not not normal Patrick Corbin we're accustomed to that often with injuries to Joe Ross as well. You know, Eric Fetty, we'll see what happens with him. The Nationals really do need these young arms they're developing to hit. They're going to need, um, you know, Jackson Rutledge to hit. They're going to need Cade Cavalli to hit. They're going to need Cole Henry to hit. Well, not all these guys to hit, but like, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, you're going to need some of these guys to hit. And the f- first one they got that they could toss in there was Josiah Gray, and he's, in, you know, not hitting, but metaphorically he's hit, right? Uh, that, that's what we're trying to say. Also, you're going to need a Jackson Tetrio like type guy that you didn't see coming down the pike end up doing some really good things for you. And then that's right now, that's, that's what they're getting. Uh, they're getting that, uh, you know, I'd say so far from Jackson Tetrio. But, you know, the guy in that trade has been K. Bear Ruiz, and I have to say I have been so impressed with him this season, uh, 250 is, uh, you know, 255 at any of the day, but I think 250, no, he's, he's up, I think, 55 overall. And, uh, you know, the power for him, we'll see if they can bring the, the power can come around. But I, I'll just have to say, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, from a defensive standpoint, I think really like the way he's played. You know, with runners on base, he's hitting 263 so far this season. Scoring position, he's not as good. Um, but leading off inning at 243, 300 on base. So, you know, he's still getting that feel right now. But I, I still think his play has been good. I know it's dropped off just a little bit as of late. But just generally speaking, for a 23-year-old to be a day catcher, to run the staff the way this kid has, you know, JoJo gets a lot of credit. And I know, once again, K. Barrett's June has not been as good. But that may put together with 307 batting average with a 402 on base. I know it's dropped off once again, but still, I think he gets, you know, he needs more credit and and days like today, you know, where he was really strong multi-hit game, just a reminder of how good this kid can be, uh, you know, two for four today on the day with a walk as well. So just kind of a reminder. I know we talk a lot about Luis Garcia. I know there's a lot of focus on Josh Bell and Nelson Cruz and Juan Soto. And I think, you know, we've talked about Cabert at times and kind of we can lose focus on him. But I just think because I've been shouting out Josiah so often, I wanted to shout out Cabert on today's show. Uh, all right, so one more word from our sponsors here, and I will let you guys know what's coming up the rest of the week on the show. Today's show is brought to you by Sports Card Investor. You guys have heard us talk about them before. Uh, you guys need to check this out. If you're, you know, have any interest in collecting sports cards or you're looking for something new, this is the place to go. If you're a casual car collector looking for an exciting alternative investment opportunity, the free Sports Card Investor app has something for you. Breakout stars or prospects debuting. Check the value to find great deals on their cards. Guys like Adley Rushman, Jeremy Pena, Luis Garcia. You guys can find those at the Sports Card Investor app. Download the Sports Card Investor app today, available free in the Google Play and Apple stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. Today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. BetOnline is the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs. 
playoffs, which already you know went by. Major League Baseball, obviously, football future. It's the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, golf, NASCAR, F1, whatever you're uh, invested in. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. The trends in Bet Online. It's where the game starts. All right, so really awesome conversation with Matt Wyrick. If you're listening to the audio version, you'll hear what we talked about with Freddie Freeman. If you want to watch the whole video, it's available in the YouTube feed as well. Really good. Con- Matt's always awesome. So Matt and I had a good conversation about the pitching, how well things have been going. Uh, Matt respecting and kind of looking towards the trade deadline. So you guys can check that out in your podcast feeds or on the video section here in YouTube. Um, going to talk with Peter Pratt of Locked On Marlins, preview the Marlins National Series that is coming up also. Had to reschedule with Lindsey Crosby, our guy, but he and I are going to talk about potential Josh Bell trade packages. You all know I'm pretty high on Josh Bell. You guys know I'm pretty high on the the, the, the haul the Nationals could get for him because he's such a good hitter and he's such a good switch hitter. And he's a guy you can plug in in the middle of your lineup against righties and lefties because he's hit both of them so tremendously well this season. So we'll talk about that as well. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at L underscore Nationals. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show where we reach podcasts and on YouTube as well. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe. All right, as I mentioned, part coming up here, Matt Wyrick and I talk about the Freddie Freeman situation and kind of how curious and odd it is. And there's a national tie or two in here, but we just wanted to vamp on that for a bit. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right, I want to get your thoughts. On, you have a, you have a second? Or do yep. you have, you have, uh, I want to get your thoughts on something non-nationals related. Let's, I want to talk about the Freddie Freeman um, thing. because it's really, it's really odd to me what's happening right now. It's fascinating, I think. Um, you see how emotional he got this past weekend returning to Atlanta. And then you have the Clayton Kershaw comment, which I didn't think was like, I, I when I read it at first, I was like, Oh, I get what he's saying. And then I thought about, it, I was like, I'm not sure this is productive. I don't know. If, you know, I, I, like what's he going to do? Be a sleeper cell for the Braves. You know, it's not like he can do a whole lot. Then Freddie fires his agent after this weekend, um, which seems like a really em- emotional decision, right? I mean, it certainly seems like he has been, uh, upset over how free agency went uh, yeah. the entire time. And we've gotten so many mixed messages coming from both his camp and the Braves camp. I mean, we had, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. being apparently taken out of context, calling out Freeman for being a bad teammate. We had, you know, reports that the the Braves uh, never called him to let him know they were trading for Matt Olson. Uh, you know, he was seemingly they thought they had a deal in place and then the Dodgers, you know, kind of swooped in. So there's been a whole lot of, of stuff coming out about this this process that makes it seem really messy. Uh, and it was clear that Freddie Freeman's agents pushed for the top dollar amount no matter what. That was right. the biggest thing that they were looking for. And whether or not Freddie wanted that or, or you know, made that top priority or whether that was just the agent's top priority, you know, we really won't know until either side really comes out and talks about it. Uh, but it certainly seems like he wanted to return to the Braves. Uh, and he ended up in L.A. Uh, as a result of pushing for top dollar. And he might be having some buyer's remorse uh, in that way. Uh, I mean, the Dodgers are playing really well. They have a better record than the Braves and, right and now. He's been really, and he's been really good too. Like, I mean, he's yeah. just, he's such a good, he's such a damn almost good as good player. as Josh Bell. Yeah, he's. I saw. <laughs> so I, I will say this, I, Matt. When you're not, you get brought up a lot. When you, especially when you're not here, we talk behind your back a lot. 
uh, about, nice. about we always love well i love your numbers tweets they're always i really do enjoy them they're always great facts you do a really good job digging and finding those they're awesome and so i, I looked at and i was actually talking about i said in no way is matt here trying to say that josh bell has, has is a better player than freddie freeman it's not what we're saying but I, you know i was thinking um like in terms of value, I mean, he's been, he's been, he's been just, also you can hit both sides of the plate. Right. So yeah. there, there's, there's that too. But uh, no, I, that was funny. That was funny when you brought, when you brought that up. Uh, I, I really did appreciate that. I, I think with Freddie, um, you know, I, I think Eduardo Perez is really smart. I always, I think he's always a really good, I, I, I love the uh, Sunday Night baseball crew. I absolutely adore him. I think they're really, really good. I love Carl Ravage. I love Eduardo Perez. Um, I think I think he's correct when he said that Alex Anthopoulos and Freddie probably both have some regrets about how it went down. I don't th- I don't definitely don't think it's a one way street. Um, no. And I've seen a whole lot of people on Braves Twitter be like, Freddie knows he made a mistake, but it's it's a, it is a two way thing. Like you you traded for Matt Olson and paid him pretty well. Like what's the difference between what like you know you could have made up the difference if you're the Braves. They could have they could have brought Freddie back. I think it was that extra year with what people have talked about that really mm-hmm. was the big difference. But, like, they could have brought him back. And also, I have to say this, Liberty Media is crushing it right now. It's a group that owns, a, you know, people that own the Braves and they own F1. Like, they're smashing it right now. They just won a World Series. F1 is taking off. Like, they've got the cash. They've got the cash to pay whatever luxury tax or whatever, you know, ends up being. So, I think, you know, as much as it sounds like I think Freddie um, maybe should have been more involved, because it all comes down to him, right? Like, you can't, his agents might have been pushing for something, but number one, you hired them. And two, like, it is, you're accountable for that, right? You're accountable for what is going on with your representation because they're representing you. So you need to get in the same wavelength there. Um, the Braves also, too, like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just want to say that. And I think that, Everything that he's done to this point is perfectly understandable in terms of his public comments and, and reactions and, you know, getting very emotional with the ceremony, everything. I mean, this was he waited until his return to Atlanta to get his World Series wing. That's going to be an emotional day. I completely understand all of that. And I honestly don't don't blame Clayton Kershaw for what he said. You know, it's certain it's, it's apparent that you know this has been something on Freddie's mind all, all season so far. I think now it's on Freeman to not let it become a distraction from here on out. You know, he had just he had his day. He was able to go back to Atlanta, get the ring, you know, see everybody, all that kind of stuff. Now it's about, okay, can he turn the page or is this going to continue to be something that hangs over his head? And as a result, hangs over the Dodgers because, you know, they've, they've got a, a very expensive payroll for sure. But Freeman, you know, a former MVP clearly going to be somebody who's around and a big part of this team for a long time. Trey Turner is going to be a free agent after this year and with impending contracts for guys like Walker Bueller and Julio Arias, you know, I don't know if they're really going to be able to afford Turner, which is a funny thing to say about the Dodgers, but they've got a lot of expensive deals coming. I mean, we saw them let Corey Seager walk uh, and I don't think that Trey Turner is going to touch that amount necessarily um, in terms of 300 plus million. <laughs> well, did you see Bob Nightingale suggested that he might go to the Phillies? Apparently, the Phillies are going to be Good interested Lord, no. uh, because Didi Gregorius and Gene Segura's contracts will be off the books uh, after this year, so they might no, be able to no, no. afford Trey. I we know. We don't need to do that. We don't, we don't need, need to do more, that. I really would. No more former Nats in the division. Yeah. Look, look, Max. Max, understandable, right? Yeah. Had had to take that money. Had to take 
that I would money. say the same about Bryce. I know it's not a popular Bryce. Player, Bryce had to take the Bryce had to take the money. All right, Trey, and I won't blame him if he gets the, if he gets the money. But like, we just do not need guys who are are going to kill the net. Like, because like here's that they kill everybody, right? Yeah. Like Trey Turner, Trey Turner is indiscriminate with with who he beats up on. He beats up on basically everybody. It feels like. Yeah. Um, uh, no, we don't need that. The, the Phillies are just like to me completely like they the most um, like you know, we talk about the Mets having a lot of money, but like think about the signings of Mark Hanna, Starling Marte, and then uh, like uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Escobar. Escobar. Like yeah. those, that's not like JT Real Muto and Bryce Harper, right? Like those are like are I, mean, I know they paid Max a lot of money, but like the Phillies feel like they are built like the Saints, where it's like the New Orleans Saints, where it was like we're gonna pay four guys a you know what load of money. And we're just gonna fill in the the rest with just random stuff. Like that yeah. kind of feels like what they're trending towards. You know, the Saints are my favorite football team too. So they are well. So yeah, <laughs> so you can... know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know. It was like the, well, yeah. it was like the Junior Gillette, Drew Brees. Uh, I you know I'm forgetting who's a receiver, but like that was like uh, Jimmy Graham, a tight end. Like that was really even how now. It was I built. mean, it's it's Michael Thomas, it's Alvin Kamara, <laughs> it's Cameron Jordan, and Marshawn Lattimore. Right. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's, that's what they. That's what they say, and it worked. It's worked for him. It's worked for him in the past. So again, give that. But yeah, I think the Freddie stuff is really interesting, and um, it, the domino effect. You're right. Like. It's gonna. I mean, I I'm not sure they were gonna re-sign Trey anyway. I don't know if that was ever the plan. I think they were really. Ha- I, I think once again, I thought the deal was really good for the Dodgers, even if it's just a year and a half Trey, and they got a year and a half Trey, and he has been fantastic this season. Especially um, if they win the World Series. I mean, you can't yeah. argue that. You know, I think that's what is used so often now in in, in Nationals lore is like the Patrick Corbin deal worth it. Uh, you know, right. because they won a World Series, the Adam Eaton trade worth it because they won a world series you know like if you look at it from just a pure baseball sense you know probably neither of those were really the best moves for the nationals but hey when when it all put, gets put into a mixing bowl and it turns into a championship it's hard to argue with those results you can't you can't argue those results uh all right matt we appreciate your time as always my friend where can people find you and your work and all of its variety what are you working on right now and have you ordered your monte morris jersey yet <laughs> uh yeah, I'm I'm over on Twitter uh at by Matt Wyrick. You can check out my work over at NBCSportsWashington.com. Uh I'll be at the game uh for the series opener against the Marlins on Friday with Josiah Ooh. Gray on the bump. Very excited to to see him pitch. Uh it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen him. So uh definitely uh, looking forward to getting out there. And I've not gotten my Monty Morris jersey yet, but uh <laughs> just my initial reaction to the trade. I think it was a good move. I think Morris is an underrated point guard and on a yeah. very good contract. And that's exactly what the, Na- the Nationals, what the Wizards need uh, with this impending deal extension looking like it's going to be pretty hefty. Uh, they needed some, you know, good value deals. And I think that's exactly what this is. So, And Will Barton's to expiring that. too. So, and he's, he's a pretty decent player, but he's also expiring, which helps you kind of make the money work uh, beyond. And it fills the, the KCP void. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it works. It worked out for him. Uh, all works. right. Uh, Matt Wire, appreciate your time as always, man. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me.